G'day guys, welcome to another Fair Income episode. Today we had Dean Musad from Brothers in Need on the podcast. All the way from Sydney, he came down, alhamdulillah, he shared some gems with us. Um, just a trigger warning before you watch the episode, we did touch on things like suicide and mental health. Um, so if, if that does have kind of an effect on you, inshallah, please watch with care. Um, we also delved into a little bit about what Brothers in Need do, how they started. And um, yeah, we, we also delved into what... Dean would like to be remembered and I, I'm telling you now this is an episode not to be missed a lot of gems and inshallah everyone benefits don't forget to like comment and subscribe on the video and we'll see you guys soon Assalamu alaikum listeners this is a warning we would like to stress that this episode contains content that may be triggering for some listeners so viewer discretion is advised MSN I did yeah MSN um, Facebook MySpace yeah. and that was probably it did you you grew up in Sydney, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Born and bred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah, whole high school yeah, experience yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, so like, what was it like, like, for <coughs> you growing up? And I, I'm not too sure, like, exactly what what you were like when you were in high school because when you sent me all these beautiful podcasts of you on yeah. them, <laughs> but you sent them to me last night. <laughs> so, so, subhanAllah, I didn't really have the time because I was doing a billion things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just speak to us a little bit about like how you, how it was for you growing up, or, or what exactly you were dabbling in, or what your goals or aspirations were at the time. Um, so I guess till about I don't know, man, sixteen years old, I was quite sheltered, right? So, alhamdulillah, Islamic classes, Quran classes. Parents used to always pick me up from school, drop me off, no catching the bus, no sleeping over, none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Very sheltered. <coughs> public school? Um, from kindy to year six, public. Yep. Year seven to year ten, Islamic school. Okay, yep. Then year 11 and 12, um, it ended up moving to a public school again because that school that we were in, they didn't have, we were the first year seven, the first year eight, the first year nine, the first year ten. Oh, wow, okay. It was a brand new Islamic school, the high school cohort. Mm. Yeah. So... That for me, I didn't really listen to music when I was a kid. I didn't really have my own phone, right? So a lot of the stuff kind of kept me sheltered. <clears throat> but it was only like kind of in year 11 and 12 when I changed schools yeah. is when things changed. Okay. And so that's when I got exposed to the MSNs, uh, the MySpace, the Facebook. Uh, I got a phone, I think, around year 10, end of year 10, right? Year 11. Yeah. Started working and boom, see you later. That changed an environment. As we, you know, know, it's detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was heavy. Yeah. It's like imagine you're a lion in a cage, right? And <laughs> yeah. then all of a sudden the cage is opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just go to town on everything. 100%. So we went to town. Yeah. But <coughs> you see, like, if you're honest with yourself, you see the effects that it has on you. Mm. And so I think one needs to be aware of that, conscious of that. But you may not be conscious of that in the moment. Hundred percent, you know. Hundred percent, because you get caught in the moment sometimes, and if your environment is kind of pushing you towards something, you're you're more than likely, especially at the age of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, more likely to go with the flow in order for you not to be socially exiled. Because when it's like deep down for us as humans, is like if you strip us back, we're, 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 we're a bunch of different values and morals and needs and wants and desires and stuff like that. And then whenever you kind of like. Because we did like a marketing activity. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Was really <laughs> I, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. But we did a marketing activity, yeah? And it's, it's something called a why ladder. Yeah. Um, within within marketing. So you'll look at, for example, uh, an, uh, an advertisement and you'll be like, 
This is just an ad, yeah? But behind it, there's a why letter. The why letter kind of has, why do we do this and what's the result of it? Why do we do that? What's the result of it? And in the end of the day, it kind of gets down to a basic necessity or hu- basic human need or desire. For example, social inclusion. For example, not, not to be socially exiled in order to be kind of like fit in or whatever it is. So it kind of pushes us back to our, our, you know, ships us back to our basic necessities as humans. Yeah. Where we kind of like, where we're seeking a place to belong. Where we're seeking um, validation. <coughs> where we're seeking, you know, love or compassion or whatever it is that it is that, like, you know, us as human beings, we're kind of like designed around. But getting back to the why, this is probably the perfect opportunity for me to segue into it. Like, everything that we do in life, if it's not grounded in a why... We understand that it's it's basically not going to last for a long time or you're not going to be able to sustain it. And mashallah, you've run Brothers in Need for how long now, mashallah? It's a team effort. So alhamdulillah, the, teams, the team and myself, we've been doing uh, this kind of community work since 2015, alhamdulillah. And, and for us, like seven years of commitment, we've only been in the podcast for like, what, three, four years now, alhamdulillah. We understand that everything needs a level of sacrifice and commitment. And um, it does take a why in order for us to be able to kind of go in the hard times. This is this is the reason we're doing this. This is what's going to ground us. And it kind of like acts as roots for the tree, inshallah, for us to flourish. But what is the why for you in regards to this? What's kind of like pushing you through the hard times? And then we'll get into what Brothers in Need is in a second, inshallah. But just, just the most important thing is to kind of understand the why you do it. Deep question, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Simon Sinek podcast or something. <laughs> At least you know Simon Sinek is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting this. Spotify. My so bad. I told, them, I told them we're from a couple of underarm balls like that. They're getting warmed up. But. So, subhanAllah, I'm assuming we've watched The Why. Simon Sinek, The Why. We've heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. concept of it. Yeah, subhanAllah. It, it's very important, right? Um, the Why. Look, for me, the why is many whys, right? When we started Brothers in Need, man, we were in a very dark place as the co-founders, right? So we had kind of left a lifestyle of darkness. We had been involved in many things that, you know, we shouldn't have been, uh, that we weren't proud of. And a few things allowed us to kind of think of that idea at the time. So for me personally, anyway, I had kind of stopped everything about a year and a bit ago, stopped all of the vices that I was involved in. I went on a Umrah, um, my grandma had died, and then subhanAllah, for me, it was, okay, all of those things is like, there's more to life, to what you're doing. So instead of being involved in things that are not productive, things that are not, you know, helpful to oneself or society, you need to do something different. At that point in time as well, ISIS was running wild all over the news, and we were like, you know what? Born and bred in Australia, in Sydney, we've got to be able to do something here to kind of change that stereotype, mm. to change that narrative. And so for us, there wasn't really any local movement, per se, in Sydney. Uh, and that's where Brothers in Need came about. The why goes back to, we've done a lot of wrong in our life. And for me, I want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with something in my scales. You know, so at the end of the day, we know that we're going to go to Jannah through Allah's Rahmah. Mm. It's not going to be through our actions. Mm-hmm. But does that mean we don't do anything? Nah. No. Yeah. We've got to do something, right? Yeah. And th- so for me, the understanding is, 
I want to rock up on a day of judgment and I want to tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look, I didn't do too much with what, you get, what, with what you give me, the skills that you gave me, the time that you gave me, although this is something small, yani, please have mercy on me and yani, grant us Jannah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's for me that the religious aspect in that is, is a big why for me. Mm. And then obviously as well, like now, alhamdulillah, I've got a daughter. You want to be able to pave a way for her to be involved in khair, to be involved in dawah. Um, I don't know about you guys here in Melbourne For us in Sydney This is going back then right In 2015, 16, whatever There wasn't too much happening in the Masajid Now there is Alhamdulillah But a lot of the Masajid They were just Masajid So places to pray five times a day mm. And we need that Right? As the Muslim population grows We need that Although there's a lot more services we need sure. and Yeah And so for me it was like Alright Instead of waiting for my local mosque to create a service, to create a program, to create programs, yeah. why wait? Exactly. Let me do something. I don't wait for the sheikh to tell me how to make money. I go out and I learn how to make money and I make it. Yeah. And same, the same concept. Yeah. So just just to develop on for the people who are watching who don't really know what Brothers Amid does, what exactly do you guys, what services do you offer? <coughs> yeah. So our flagship program was the Homeless Outreach Program. So we go out in Martin Place um, every week to feed members of the homeless community. Mm-hmm. So we pro- provide them fresh hot meals, non-perishable items, sanitary items, uh, dessert, drinks, fruit. And then depending on the season, there might be sleeping, bla- sleeping bags, blankets, beanies and the like. Alhamdulillah, we've got an office in Sydney and an office in Brisbane. And inshallah, from next year, we'll also have an office in Melbourne. Inshallah. Um, that's our flagship program. Then we've got many other programs as well. So we've got school programs where the schools do an excursion at our headquarters in Sydney. We have them stationed on different activities, doing different things. We've got nursing home visits where we visit the elderly in the nursing homes, sick visits where we visit sick people in hospital. Um, so recently we had Zaki, you know, Zaki and friends, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he joined us with gifts <coughs> and his mascot, right? Yeah. And we went to the local pediatric ward. And, you know, like, you know, gave kids toys, Zaki toys, right? Uh, We've got a soup kitchen that we run weekly, alhamdulillah. Uh, So we've got about, you know, 15 different volunteers that come in every week, cook up uh, fresh hot meals and desserts, about 120 of them. They get distributed to members of the homeless community, refugees, people seeking asylum, people from low-income households. Um, And alhamdulillah, the list goes on in terms of the programs that we run, although it's focused locally. So there's a lot of great organisations that do work internationally. And so for us, it wasn't about, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, sure. Right, you've got some great charities doing some great work overseas. Although locally, we get forgotten. Yeah. Right? And so it was about, all right, we're here locally. It's easy for us to drive down to the city and go help the poor and needy. It's not easy to jump on a plane overseas every weekend and do something there. Yeah. Um, so that's the movement and that's that's what we do. Can I also touch on one thing? Because you're helping people here in Australia, you probably realise your demographic for helping people is not all the same. You know, sometimes we see people that say, oh, I'm building a world in Pakistan. So you go to Pakistan, you see the videos, obviously it's beautiful work and, you know, they're helping so many people. But then here you probably see a wide variety of different people are homeless. And most people probably aren't Muslim. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. How does that work? Obviously, because now, like now, you are in the Kufi, the policy hijab is working. Yeah. Is it like a form of da'wah at the same time? Yeah, Can you talk yeah, us yeah. Some of that. So, say ninety, ninety-five percent 
uh, of the people in the homeless outreach program wouldn't be Muslim. You're right, right? So they're not Muslim. Um, as Muslims, you know, the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi you know, was rahmatun alameen, right? So he was a mercy to mankind, right? Not just to a specific group. And so, yes, indirectly, it's da'wah. So for us, uh, what we adopt isn't da'wah through literature per se. So you won't see us aggressive on giving pamphlets or giving books out with a hot meal, mm. right? Because that's easy to do. What's harder to do is to have good character and morals. Mm. So when someone comes to you and you're looking after them, smiling in their face, treating them with respect, right? Mm. They may not treat you with respect. So some of these individuals, right, they might have mental health issues. They might, you know, have gone through a divorce, gone through a breakup, right? They might have just come out of incarceration, right? They're obviously, you know, going through a lot of things. And so you may not always get, this, you know, the same response in how you would give them, right? So if you treat them with respect, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll get that. Yep. So it teaches you in that time, how's my character <laughs> mannerisms look like, mm. right? Mm. Am I going to treat them the same way they're treating me? Which takes you back to the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And how he would deal with people Right So yes The majority of the people that we serve in that particular program Aren't Muslim mm -hmm. And for us it's about how do we give them da'wah Through our character and mannerism So when they see a brother with a beard They see a sister in hijab, jilbab or niqab Right mm -hmm. um, They see us smiling When they start asking us questions Then that's when you can engage mm -hmm. yeah. Right That's right yeah. Mm. So it'd be very difficult on the ego, wouldn't it? To be helping somebody out of the goodness of your heart, you know, kind of taking time out of your day to take care of them or to, to kind of feed them or whatever it is that you're doing, inshallah. Um, like, do you feel like you've ever had a moment where it's kind of like, you know, well, like, uh, like this is actually getting too much at the moment? Like, and how do you, how do you kind of like, how do you realign yourself or reground yourself in mm. those moments? Because I know that something I've dealt with before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's like that all the time, subhanAllah. Um, and so that's just one pressure of life. Now, for us, we know that life is not static, it's dynamic. right? So we've got plenty of things happening at the same time. So I think you learn over the span of time how to regulate. You need to regulate your emotions. Mm. If you bottle it up, if you try and control it, you don't address it, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like, you know what, next person that says something to me, I'm going to feel bad for them because look what I'm going to do to them, right? <laughs> so I think I've learned over the span of time, and that's what prompted me or one of the things that prompted me to uh, do my diploma in counselling and become a registered counsellor is because you naturally are an accidental counsellor. So working in the community, people come to you with their problems. Volunteers, their spouses, their children will come to you. Hey, my husband this. Hey, my child that. Hey, can you help with this? So mm. you're like, hold up. Well, this isn't what I'm a professional in. Mm. So then all of a sudden you're like, how do I help this person's problem? You know, I'm not the best suited person. Okay, do I just say, sorry, I can't help you? Or do I go and try and find a way to help them? So subhanAllah, through community work, um, you know, I've done my diploma in uh, community services and case management. Yep. And then getting asked a lot of these questions, seeing a lot of these issues, it kind of prompted me to go and do a diploma the year after in counselling, alhamdulillah. Um, so, yeah, we're not short of problems. Um, but at the same token, we're not short of solutions. Yeah, true. Very so true. For every problem, there's a solution, I believe. It's true. We just need to try and find it. Mm -hmm. 
and then you know tailor it to the individual circumstances going back to the start just a little bit i wanted to know um so how did the idea of brothers in need come to like fruition was it a thing that you guys pondered on for a while because i know there was a group of you guys Mm. or was it just like bang like let's just do this and then you went with the go yeah yeah so for us we were at a restaurant you know and we're kind of just having a chat uh, a few of us and once again talking a bit about okay what's happening overseas with all of this negative publicity you know where have we come from what do we want to do with our time now there's not too many places that's offering us a place to do khair we kind of thought about it we talked about it on the night yeah. and then we were like you know what sounds like a good idea let's work on it in due process one of the boys is like why work on it in due process for just make it happen no, yeah. so then boom we just created the facebook page automatically like on the same night at the restaurant. At the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. You guys and are then, beasts, man. Yeah, yeah. That, no procrastination. It wasn't, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> I, was the, I was the person that said, you know what? Let's work on it later. <laughs> <laughs> you were hitting <laughs> the process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I can't take credit for that. Yeah. Um, so we did go ahead and we did create the Facebook page yeah. uh, on the night. Yeah. And from there, we just said, you know what? The idea was just to showcase to the people yeah. Um the donations that they were giving us, what we were doing with it. So the idea wasn't to create an organisation. Yeah. So that wasn't like, okay, you know what? Let's create an organisation. Let's go get it registered. Let's register the company. Let's register it as a charity. Let's open up bank accounts. There wasn't that kind of forward thinking. Mm -hmm. It was just people want to donate money or items just for transparency's sake. Let's show them what we do. And Facebook was the easiest way at that point in time because we're dinosaurs, right? We didn't yeah. have TikTok or Snap <laughs> or Insta. That was cranking. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook was for us yeah. the main thing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it started from, boom, on the night. And yeah. then slowly but surely when donate, so donations started kicking in after doing a few videos. Back then, like Facebook, you put up a, a post on Facebook, you get like 500, 700, 1,000 likes. Yeah. Back then, natural, organic, no boost. Yeah. Right? So it was cranking. That was peak time of Facebook. That was peak well. time, yeah. right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the, the yeah. Back <laughs> <laughs> in the ice age. So, uh, subhanAllah, before you know it, people started donating and, like, okay, hold up. Yeah. This is like starting to become a thing now, like very quickly. Mm. So, we're like, all right, we don't want to collect money ourselves through our personal bank accounts. We don't want to do anything that's going to compromise anything. So then. We reevaluated and said, okay, let's go down now and set it up as a... A formal manner. A formal, yeah, yeah formal yeah. non-for-profit. For sure. So we engaged with a, an accountant, um, a friend of ours, who alhamdulillah helped us within three months set it up. Um, alhamdulillah, now it's a registered non-for-profit. Mm. It's tax deductible. It's kind of got all the bells and whistles. It's got all the compliance and checks. Mm. And so, yeah, you're so what was the original conversation that night? Like, like what was the goal that was happening, you know, because maybe some things have changed mm. along the way, but what was the original idea that you guys came up with? The original idea was to do khair, right, in a local space. Um, initially, it was just meant to be homeless visits and just to showcase that Muslims here locally yeah. are doing work to counter the narrative that's happening around us because just a couple of months before that, we had the Martin Place oh, siege. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah. in December, we had the... Uh, Cafe the Lynn Cafe. Oh, uh, was it that? Do you remember that guy that right. uh, held everyone hostage in that's the cafe? Right, was that in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think that was in Melbourne. Lynn Cafe yeah. is on the corner. That's the right. Corner. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. we, till today, we do our homeless outreach program right in front of the Lynn Cafe. Oh, wow. Subhanallah. Yeah. yeah, so you got the Lynn Cafe, Channel 7, Reserve Bank. That's a nice idea. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah the same yeah. place where that atrocity yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. You reverse Boom. the narrative. That's right. So, was that the plan? 
Was that that, that wasn't the, the the plan initially? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although <laughs> we kind of said, you know what? Like, because one of the boys before Brothers and Nest started used to do the homeless outreach program there with a couple of boys. So he had already gone there prior Brothers in Need. Yeah. So we thought, okay, we've set something up now. What can we do? He does the homeless program. Let's bring the homeless program underneath Brothers in Need. Mm. <clears throat> then we kind of asked him, where do you do it? Yeah. He does it there. Yalla, no problem. Yeah. And boom, it just started from there. And I'm guessing you guys, everyone had to kind of <coughs> like donate their time mm. as well as do full-time work. Mm. So how was it juggling, you know, doing the khair and then also, subhanAllah, like working in your fields and so on? Yeah. It's looked, even till today, man, for the most part, like we've got about 575 volunteers across Not both sure, states, uh, both yeah. states, right? Victoria so, New South Wales? Uh, <laughs> Sydney, New, uh, Sydney, yeah. Brisbane, and inshallah from next year when we open up in Melbourne, uh, yeah. I'm sure yani, that number will... Yeah, Suhail's down, Ahmed's down. Shalom. Yeah, Ashraf yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three under the bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's down except myself. <laughs> so, um, uh, what was the question, man? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, uh, how did you juggle your full-time there and your go. volunteer work? Um, it wasn't easy, my brother. Well, uh, if, I, if, I, if I'm to be honest, it wasn't easy. Because back then, um, I had I was in the process of getting married, uh, working full time. I was working, I think, Uber in the beginning. Um, Uber, I was doing Uber, and then I started working for another non for profit for a year. Then I was doing some uh, Islamic studies teaching uh, after hours at one of the madrasas in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So juggling all of that, trying to balance making an income, working for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Yep. Setting it up, so setting up a business as as anyone would know, or a non for profit, yeah. isn't easy. You're just pumping in funds to set it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that happens usually after hours. Um, so for the first three months, man, it was even to today, it's chaos. Alhamdulillah, but it's it, it, it's it's mani- yeah, organized chaos. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. word I was looking for. <laughs> it's organized yeah. chaos. But the first three months, like when I was with the accountant. I was actually sleeping on his couch after hours. So yeah, I was sleeping on his couch after hours just so he can get the work done because he's inundated with work. Yeah. So the only time he can do this work is after hours. Yeah. He was managing a few different businesses. I'm calling him up. Where are you? What's happening? He told me you're gonna meet me. Sometimes you know <laughs> he wouldn't pick up. So because he had a few different businesses in the same area, what I would do, <laughs> I just go to one business, see if the last one, he's not there, go to the next <laughs> stalker. Right? I used to be a debt collector, so I <laughs> drive, 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 boom, I find him there. Gotcha. He gotcha, right? And he'd tell me, like, call me, and if I don't pick up, I'll be in one of these three places, right? Yeah, find me. And subhanAllah, man, like, sometimes we'll be smashing out the application process. Um, and, man, you just, like, by the time... 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, man, you're buggered. Mm. Yeah. I can't be bothered driving home, boom, sleep on the couch. Yeah. My wife thought for a period of time, man, something's <laughs> going on, right? <laughs> Is there a little something happening on the side? Between like, you and nah. the couch. <laughs> I have to take a photo of the accountant's office. I'm here, I'm on the couch. <laughs> but alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Um, yani now, it, it's in a better place. But yeah. look, he, may Allah subhanahu wa reward him and and the other volunteers that put in time, these are the hours that people put in the back end yeah. without charging, right? So someone might say, yeah, brother, I'll do it for the sake of Allah. Now I know, okay, that's good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. Although from experience, because I've gone through this before, this will usually mean that it will be done outside of work hours. Yeah. Now that's a cost, right? Yeah. So 
you're not paying for it in money, you're paying for it in time. Because mm. now it's not going to be done in a week, it's going to be done in three months. So now, alhamdulillah, we're in a position where we're like, okay, we don't want to only take up that offer. We want to actually remunerate you for your time so we can get it done in business hours. That's right. Yep. And if it's not business hours, in, uh, in a time frame that's acceptable for you know, our needs uh, and yours. <laughs> Right. That's the only way to get Yeah exactly right. To have people give Not the scraps of their time But their actual quality The quality time that they have Yeah Which is like the 9 or 5 hours And their Like their full capability And their capacity Because Let's face it After working a full day You're only going to have So much mental energy To yeah. actually be able to do something So But yeah Like One thing that we know about For example Like um, Volunteering And And And, and charities and donations a lot of people don't want to get involved on the ground level they want to go here's money take that yeah. i want to be involved in the khair yeah but you do with it yep how how feasible is that for you guys uh having that like i, I know that a lot of charities or like, who have i heard it from i think it was spot project have mm-hmm. you heard of spot project the one in the uk no so they go to gambia and stuff like that and they yeah. work with the orphanages yeah, yeah. and stuff like that there Allah Barak does very good work mashallah but he's like he's like a lot of the time people they hand us money and they go hey that's your problem yeah like what does that what does that actually do for you guys you mm. know what i mean look the most valuable commodity we know is time facts yeah money comes and goes so for a business person, they might say, here, here's 5, 10, 20 grand. But I don't ask me for my time. Mm-hmm. You do your thing, let me do my thing, and I'll support you that way. Yep. And that for some people is fine. For some people, it's fine. It might work. Although time, because it's the most valuable commodity and you can't get it back, I feel like it yields a different reward. I'm not talking now like religiously, if the person that gives, does he get more or less than the person that gives their time? Mm-hmm. Although in this world, you feel different. Yeah. So yeah, you might donate 50k, hectic. Yeah. yeah. But when someone after work goes out and feeds members of the you know homeless community or looks after refugees and people seeking asylum or whatever, mm. it's a different feeling, man, because you just want to go home after work and lie down on your couch. Yeah, true. You know, so part of the digital minimalism journey that I was telling you about, you know, I haven't watched TV and I don't have a TV. So before even I started on the journey, I haven't watched TV since 2007. Wow. So when I say that, it's one full episode of whatever it is, a, I don't know, a series or something, right? So for me, I want to lie down on my couch and I want to watch something on TV. And one, I don't have a TV, but I still want to lie down on the couch and do nothing, <laughs> right? And the shaitan comes at me all the time, man. He's like, bro, relax. You've done some good work for yeah. seven and a half years. You know, Enjoy some time on the couch, mm. right? You've got other people that can do the work. Even after 15 years. <clears throat> That's for the yeah. That's the digital minimalism, yeah. not watching TV. But even like in terms of the Dow in the last yeah. seven and a half. Seventeen or two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. I haven't so watched it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 now the coffee's <laughs> <in. laughs> Yeah. So since two thousand seven, I haven't watched a full episode um, of a series. Can I ask something? Yeah. Do you go to the cinemas and watch movies? <gasps> ever? Good question. So till this year. Uh, I was going to the cinemas from okay. time to time. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, it's really dwindled down. So mm. before it used to be regular, uh, probably in the last two, three years, probably once every three, six months. Mm. And this year, I made a very conscious effort to say, okay, you know what? No more movies. And Unless they're really I'm trying to remember. Movie. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I don't think this year I've gone to the cinemas yet. Yeah. There has been times where I've seen something awesome come out. I'm like, you know what? I want to watch it. Yeah. Mm. 
but then I'll go through a process and I'll say, you know what, like you made a resolution or a plan, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know what, give it some thought and let's come back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, time, it just yields a different feeling within you, right? And there's, it goes back to a saying that I, that I read, there's two different kinds of people or groups of people in this world. People that um, give money and people that make money, right? The people that make money, they eat better in this world, right? The people that give money, sleep better. Mm. Or the people that give their time, sleep better. Because they feel good about themselves at the end of the night, right? So, I feel like time is time is important to give. And don't let me try and convince you, just try it out yourself. You yeah. know, for all our online audience, like, give it a try. You don't even need to do it regularly like yeah. we do. But you just so you know what, like once a month, just say you know what, I'm gonna give an hour of a weekend to a good cause yeah. and see how that makes you feel. You know, we were talking about this actually on a podcast. It would have been about half a year ago, a year ago. It's um, do we ever do really do anything for ourselves? And the, the topic of conversation is like, regardless of how much khair we do or volunteering or you know we do good stuff for the community or so on and so forth. In the end of the day, the only person that benefits is ourselves. Or not only person. Obviously, there's people that, that you're helping and so on and so forth, and, and they they they're benefiting as well. But one thing that we we like um we feel is that we either gain ajr or we gain a good feeling, like you were saying. You sleep better, you know. You you feel like you have a sense of accomplishment or or like outreach to the community, and 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 that in itself kind of like heals the question. Don't you feel like charity work or, or or things that you do voluntarily is actually a selfish act in itself? Not really selfish, but like it's it kind of like it yields goodness to mm. you, you know. Yeah. And and I don't know, it, it, that's something that I've spoken to a couple of shiuch about, and they're like, if you think about it, then yeah, it, it, it kind of is because in the end of the day, you gain ajr, and beyond that as well, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is pleasure, and as well as that, you're kind of like, you have to see things from like two perspectives. It's like somebody who's gaining the ajr and and who's doing the good. And somebody who's receiving it, and somebody who's grateful for it, and so on and so forth. But um, the one thing that I, I wanted to obviously say is like, I know you don't always get the gratitude that you guys deserve, and so on and so forth. Like, how do you wrestle with the um, you know, the internal conflict of, <coughs> hang on, like we're not really like receiving the acknowledgement or the rewards or the you know the pleasure or whatever it is that you're not feeling at mm. the moment. Because a lot of times when you're doing something. <coughs> That has like a longevity, like 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 a, a long formed uh, vision in mind. You always delay gratification, mm. you know, or, or maybe no gratification at all in this yeah. world, you know. Yeah. So how do you kind of wrestle with those emotions or those feelings? Look, for me personally, man, um, a beautiful verse or couple of verses in Surah Al-Insan. I don't know the full part of it. I know it when I hear it. Although the last part of it is لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا So we do not ask, so this is talking about the people that go out, that look after the, the, the people, give from their money, support the community, right? لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا Like we do not want any praise or thanks or pat on our back from you, you know? We hope for the goodness and the recompense from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the following verses, right? So for me, <coughs> when I heard those 
verses, man, a few years ago, I was like, Allahu Akbar, man, like, because I couldn't put words to what I was feeling, you know, the internal battle that was happening, man, I was like, you know, but yeah, it's nothing wrong with, like, getting some fame, if you'd like to say it, I wouldn't even call it fame, like, you might, the shaitan might come to you and tell you, <clears throat> uh, jump on these podcasts or jump on these platforms so you can inspire people, yeah. right, so you can motivate people, like, he'll come to you in funny ways and... You might say like, yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with inspiring and motivating. There's nothing wrong with it. Like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, right, would do so. Like when questions were asked, who was a person that had, you know, um, you know, followed that grave today, you know, followed, you know, a, a funeral procession. I did, right? We know that, you know, the hadith where he asked four different things and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, you know, said, I did, I did, I did. He didn't say that because he's trying to show off and say, oh, look at me, I'm hectic. Mm -hmm. Is to inspire and motivate others, right? Yep. So for me, man, it's just constantly like renewing your intention, you know, being conscious of what you do and why. And for the first few years, like we never um we never showed our faces uh when we were doing the work that we did. So on social media we show the back of our you know, the back of our heads, we show the, the vests that we were wearing. Uh, we'd blur our faces out just because we didn't want that intention to get corrupted, right? Mm. <coughs> but then, <coughs> pardon me, um, some people w would ask, you know, who are these people? Are they trustworthy? We want to give them money. We see work that's happening, mm. but we don't know who they are. So we asked the sheikh and he said, look, there's nothing wrong with inspiring, motivating, you know, um, clear your intention, purify it, ask Allah to keep you sincere and steadfast. This might be a means to bring in more um, you know, donations, more volunteers and the like. Yep. And a way to counter that, <coughs> another beautiful sheikh told me, he said, the public deeds that you do, try and balance it out with private deeds. And that might show you if you're sincere or not. So if you're doing 95% public deeds and 5% private, maybe there's a problem. But if you're doing 50-50, so you're doing 50% public where people can see you inspiring, you're motivating, and then you're doing 50% private that nobody knows about except yourself, at least if the public deeds that you did were corrupt and the intention wasn't for the sake of Allah and you lose them all, at least you got 50% to fall on yeah, in terms of your private deeds that nobody knows about. So that for me, I like I've, you know, I've kept those kind of gems in my mind. And for me, like I feel like, you know, whether it's listening to those verses in Surah Al-Insan, um, you know, or remembering the beautiful words of these beautiful Mashaykh, it helps me when shaitan kind of creeps up to me and tells me, doing this all right, you know, like mm. doing it for the community, you know. Mm. Shaitan is like a master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been yeah. here for a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. 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 This guy's got, you know, PhD, the professor, <laughs> right? He's a scholar. Ali, but Ali. Yo, mate. You have to know your enemy. You must know your enemy. Yeah. Right? You see, like, you know, when people are boxing, right? They'll watch how the other boxer fights, right? Yeah. Soccer teams, they'll look at, you know, the strategy that they put in place. So when the, they come into game time, right, they know how to beat them. Mm -hmm. Countries do the same thing. Yeah, true. And you got to know yourself as well in that process 100%. as well. 100%. Because if you don't know yourself, then going back to the consciousness, the consciousness thing. Mm. Um, you, I've only met you today. Yeah. Um, and Allah Mubarak, you seem like a very intentional guy. And I want to delve into the digital minimalism thing that you've been speaking about. Yeah. Because mm. especially with digital minimalism, it's been like a as of recent yep. especially with the rise of social media and all that but 2007 yeah was that a conscious decision then and if so what triggered that decision 
So if I'm to be honest, it wasn't conscious back in 2007. Yeah. Um, I was just super busy at that point in time, and TV for me just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. Right. So I was busy, wasn't really doing it for me. So I didn't really, you know, uh, it's not really something that was at the front of mind. Yeah. It was probably only uh, just before COVID. Okay. You became conscious. It was more conscious. Okay, Dean. So you've been talking about, you know, the harms of social media. You've been talking about the harms of gaming. Different things are starting to come out now. Because don't forget, like, high-speed internet only came out maybe 2005, 2007, right? Smartphones, you know, started getting smarter around that point in time. Yeah. I give or take, right? The first Apples and what have you came out around that point in time. Yeah. So really, it was something new. So there wasn't much research done about the long-term harmful effects that it has. Yeah. So then a lot more research came out, you know, 2019, 2020, right? Gaming, um, social media and the like. So I thought, you know what? Like, I've been talking about the harmful effects. As, we don't want to use the word leaders, but let's say as leaders, as shepherds, right? You know, whether you're married, you know, you're a shepherd of your household, Right. If you're a leader in your community, uh, you know, you're trying to follow the footsteps of our leader, the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was someone who led by example. Okay. He was a role model. Mm-hmm. So when it came to building the masjid, he didn't tell his constituents, you go build my masjid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he was the first one to get involved when it came to the battles, right? He didn't say to his armies, you guys go out and fight yeah. the good war and I'll be here protecting myself. Yeah. He was engaged. He was there, right? And so the same for us in our households. We need to lead by example. So I can't tell my wife, um, delete social media if I've got social media. Yeah. I can't tell my child, don't watch TV, it's not good for you. Yeah. And then the child sees her dad watching TV. Mm. Doesn't make sense. Yep. It will never work. Yep. Yeah. Right? So then I was like, aha, okay, now we need to start doing things a bit differently here. Yeah. So for me, I was like, okay, let's do some more reading. Now let's lead by example. And that way then everyone will follow suit over the span of time. And alhamdulillah, like since 2020, when I stopped, I reduced yeah. my digital intake. Yeah. I was like, Allahu Akbar, man, like... I've got so much time, right? And I know like most of us here have our phones out here, right? Maybe we can do this exercise while we're here, right? Yeah. So jump on your digital well-being, right? Yeah. Jump on your screen time and see how much screen time you're on. I'd rather jump not. On. No, jump uh, on. Don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Asha's probably got a good one, I feel. Because no, he just absorbs YouTube shorts. <laughs> I, watch, I, watch, I watch my podcast and I, when I'm working, <laughs> I, leave, I leave it on. Right, so you can go and... Like, just go yesterday, yeah? Yeah. We might as well go yesterday. That's right, go yesterday. Allahu Akbar. What's your uh, screen time? Oh, 2041 minutes is maps. Aha, uh-huh, that's <laughs> right. There you go. So what is so it total? Minus 2040. Uh, five right, hours. Five so hours. Seven hours, 41. Two, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so five, five hours. hours. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's very good. What's yeah. yours, bro? It's like 14 <laughs> hours, bro. I was in his sleep. Doing this. Mine's six hours and three yeah. hours FaceTime. Four hours, yeah. And two, and two hours YouTube. Do you FaceTime yeah. Ali? Yeah. Whole <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> So what are you saying about digital? No, 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 I've got a pretty good one. Ashraf, look at it. Wait, are we going by day or week? Yesterday, yesterday. day. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've, I'm mine's calm. What is it? Look at it, look at it, bro. Look at <laughs> it's it. like it's four hours. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. look, can we double check? Yeah, yeah. Now look, that's that that that's good. Now. 
it may not be good if the top three things that you're consuming are social media, right? Yeah. If the top three social things you're consuming is social media, it will give you a breakdown on what you're spending your time on. So you saw you had maps on yours, yeah, no YouTube, problem. Yeah. Uh-huh, YouTube, you might say, I'm listening to a lecture. You need to be conscious and honest with oneself, right? Yeah. So you might say, I was listening to Quran while I'm driving, no problem. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a lecture, no problem. Yeah. Although if you're seeing regularly... What's coming up is TikTok, Snap, Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, WhatsApp, and not much yeah. productive stuff. There's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because it mm. means that we're not being as productive with our time as we should be. Sure, yeah. 100%. So having those kind of honest conversations with oneself, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Dean, you're not as productive as you think you are. Mm-hmm. So what can I do now yeah. to minimize that, right? To minimize that, sorry, to minimize that. So for me, it was like, all right, let's create alternatives. So Islam gave us alternatives. And this is all prophetic, right? And this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So say, for example, when it came to zina and stopping zina. Stop zina, but what can you do instead? Fast. <coughs> Get married, yeah. right? And there's a halal outlet. When it came to interest, riba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, stop interest, stop engaging in riba, but what can you do instead? Bizo, tajara, right? You can do business, mm-hmm. halal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us alternatives. Yeah. So for me, I was like, all right, instead of saying cold turkey, I'm going to stop everything and then I'm going to relapse in a month's time, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even a week's time, a day's time. It's hard. Mm. You get the withdrawal symptoms, right? Like my space account. Oh, right? mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tough, mate. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I was like, all right, what are those alternatives? So for me, for example, one of those were... Let's delete social media off my phone, mm. but use it on my laptop. Okay. So that way then I'm not looking at people's stories and I'm not looking at people's news feeds. Because what, what do we do? Yeah, walla, walla. It's just or accessibility, yeah? Yeah. yeah just, and then you think, far man, I've done that for five minutes on this app, five minutes on this app, five minutes on this app, five minutes on this app. Because you don't just have one. Mm. Now that unlock, the time that you unlocked it, you are just scrolling yep. and tapping for 20 minutes. Yeah. If you do that twice an hour, which once again, you can go through your digital well-being app and see how many times do I unlock my phone mm. every day. Uh, on average, you might be unlocking it 50, 60, 70, 80 times a day. Mm-hmm. Right? And once again, if you want to do that check, you can. Yeah. Right? Is that, you is that a lot? Ahead? Wait, so 50, do 80? It. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it. It's 50 to 80 a lot? Yeah, well, if you think about it, you're only awake... Yeah, well, if you think about it, you're only awake for how many hours oh, of the day? One hour TikTok. There you go. That's my problem. Uh-huh. I don't believe you're that. You're one hour TikTok? <laughs> yeah. And what about the unlocks? How many I times do you unlock? How do you find that? In the same app. Um, it w- oh, is this, is this pickups? 139. Yeah, it's pickups. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. 139 pickups. You're like, <laughs> mine's like 170. I need to get a life, bro. <laughs> you're him. But then you, like te- te- don't you text during the workday and stuff? Like yeah, yeah, I do text. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, always texting. Te- I'm always texting. <laughs> Amora, it's all right. No one saw that. <laughs> well, there you go. 130, 150, 170. If you're awake for 16 hours of the day, mm. how many times are you unlocking? So if you're going off 160 unlocks, yeah. that's 10, 10 unlocks an hour. An hour. Yep. Ten, imagine that, 10 unlocks an hour. If you're going off 160 pickups, 160 unlocks. If you're awake for 16 hours because you're asleep for eight, mm-hmm. that's 10 unlocks every hour. Mm-hmm. Imagine like, yeah. up, up, up. 
So the unlocking isn't necessarily a problem. You are getting distracted, so you're not as productive in your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because your notification's going off, distraction, unlock. Oh, but it's for a text message or an email. Yep. Okay. Oh, you know, I got a notification on Snapchat. Let me check that. I got a notification on Insta. Let me check that as well. Mm-hmm. So deleting out off one's phone and using it on one's laptop, you're more intentional. Removing your notifications, so stopping your notifications for social media, you become intentional as well because now you're not under the influence or you're not controlled by your notification. Mm. Notification goes off, dopamine, ding, 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 oh, someone loves me. Ooh, (laughs) right? 100%. I feel good. You know, I was going to touch on that because I remember recently, like a week ago. Sorry. Um, I was going to touch on that. I was going to say because a week ago I went camping and I was off the grid. Yep. and I took my phone with me, and my phone was basically useless because no notifications, nothing. It wasn't working at all. Did you go camping? Yeah, yeah, I went camping. Man, invite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was off the grid for like five days, and in those five days, and it was intentional camping. The whole purpose was just to get away for a little bit and whatnot. Yep. But in those five days, I would have like certain urges to like, especially the first mm. day, I'd have certain urges to like just pick up the phone and then I realised, I'll pick up the phone and it'd be like, <laughs> there's nothing on the phone. Yeah, the no strings y- are getting pulled now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, damn, what's the point of this? But then you don't realise like how glued you are to this actually. Yeah. And the, the problem with it as well is like sometimes you pick up the phone unintentionally out of habit mm-hmm. and then what happens is something comes and distracts you. Yeah. And that, like, one pickup leads to, like, two hours yeah. being on the phone. Like, let's just say TikTok or something yep. like that. And you wasted that time, which you might have used somewhere else productively, you yeah, know? Definitely. But I was going to ask you one question. Though. <coughs> so when you, I guess, became intentional about the digital minimalism or whatever, were you, like, sort of, like, presented with, like, a problem type of thing? Was it you were getting overexposed with notifications online and whatnot? Or was it just more so I want to set an example for my family and whatnot? Yeah. So it was... It was a few things. So, number one, I was talking a lot about this, but yeah. then I'm saying, how can I go out to town, tell people to do this, but I'm not doing it myself? That's yeah. one. And the same with the family. If I want to influence my family in a positive way, how can I do that? But also, the knowledge that I was absorbing about the effects of it, I was like, well, thinking, all right, well, I need to do something about this. Yeah. Right? So, knowledge comes to us every day. Now, what do we do with it? True. Right? Knowledge comes to us every day. We're mm-hmm. reading different stuff, you know. We're claiming that we're reading stuff online that's productive, things that are going to benefit us. Self-help books, right? How to become a better individual, personal development. Why? Right, the why, mm. right? The question is, what are you doing about it? Mm. What are you doing with it? Did you just say, oh, yeah, well, I read this awesome book, I watched this awesome podcast, and that's it? I and it stopped there? feel fuzzy inside, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I felt hectic for a bit. And then... Right, I, I, I keep seeing, you know, every time I say hectic, right, I get a little smirk. <laughs> you know, like a Sydney thing, is it? <laughs> I say hectic too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the inner Sydney's coming out yeah. of me, that's right. Well, I heard, <laughs> I heard Bizzo before. And yeah, I was like, yeah that's another Sydney thing, Bizzo business. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was like, I was listening, I was like, Bizzo? <laughs> is, is it like Bitcoin or something? <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's one of those you just continue on with, you just well, go yeah. with the flow. Well, like, but, um, uh, like, oh, you go uh, he, he was finishing his point. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um... So for me, what are we going to do with the knowledge that we're given? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really, if we want to see us move forward as individuals, as families, as societies, are you going to make that sacrifice? Mm-hmm. And that's the key. Sacrifice is the key. We want to be on social media and we want to absorb what people are doing. Yep. I'm not saying I don't want to do that. I do want to sit down on the couch and watch TV and binge on Netflix 
I want to do that. I'm human like everybody else. Mm. Although, what sacrifices does one put in place, right? And if your why is strong enough, if your purpose is strong enough, there we go. Finish it off. I love this. Then bit. right, <laughs> <laughs> then you'll follow suit. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Now the reason is, maybe for a lot of us, we think our purpose is strong, and our why is strong, although it's not. The buzzword that we've watched, you know, on the Simon Sinek video, right? Yeah. It's a book that we've read or an audio book that we've listened to, although we haven't really explored that purpose, our purpose, yeah. our why, strong enough. Yeah. yeah. So, and start, stop, start, and stop. And you won't know how strong enough it is till that why gets tested. 100%. You had enough, yeah? Say, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had enough. So, yeah. you have to struggle against your own, like, your own uh, desires yeah. and what you want. Because we all want to be lazy, bro. Yeah, I think that... The easiest thing for us to do is to kind of like just go off the flow of life and not intentionally move forward and so on and so forth. Well, but yeah. One thing that I've noticed as well is a lot of times people will look at that digital minimalism um, aspect of life and, and kind of like stopping the whole like mindless scrolling and becoming intentional with their time. And they'll look at the time that they gained because you made a very good point, bro. It's a very valid point. Imagine I have three hours extra in my day now. A lot of times people get scared. They're like, wait, do I have to sit with myself for three hours? What am I going to do with the extra three hours? Mm. A lot of times that fear of change or that fear of kind of like having to sit there and think about their life, like will kind of get to them. Yeah. And um, there you go. Like you were saying, there's alternatives. Like there's, there's that ability to kind of find a substitution for that. So instead of, for example, mindlessly scrolling on things, go talk to your mom, go talk to your dad, you know, go be social with your boys. Go have a kick at the park, you know, like... Go camping with your man that doesn't invite <laughs> you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sorry, man, I'm going under the bus too. Be <laughs> three under the bus, I'm not young, man. It didn't catch on to what I was saying. <laughs> uh, the T-Rex um, came from. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon we'll switch gears, inshallah, and go back to a little bit about your... your so if you were to if you were to say to somebody, I am, like, what, what exactly is your job title? Mm. Is it counselor? Is it a community worker? Or, or is it community engagement person? Or, or what, what would you say it is specifically? What would the title be? Oh I don't know if I like pigeonholes, man. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that question at all. Yeah. Like, what do you, like when someone you go to like a, you meet someone new and like what do you do? It's like yeah. that is the I personally hate that question. That means you do nothing though. <laughs> Not really. You can't answer. It's, it's more like you people identify you by what answer you give. It's more like, what if someone asks you, like, what do you like to do? It's like, oh, you learn so much more about the person. Yeah. But it's such a, like, pigeonhole yeah, canvas. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Oh, um, I would do marketing. It's yeah. like, oh, he's this. Or oh, I do a doctor. Oh, I'm a doctor. I'm a GP. Oh, nice. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. And it's like such a, you know, small-minded question sometimes that people often ask. Yeah. It's yeah. normal. Not it's that normal you're small-minded, but, you, uh, but you you the question <laughs> is autopilot. Yeah. The question. He, he asked title, yeah. which is actually a deeper question. Yeah. But I just mean that question, like, what do you do? By the way, guys, there's 80% of you guys who watch our videos are actually not subscribed. So, <laughs> stop the video right here. <laughs> My voice cut out. Stop the video right here. Subscribe. I'll give him a second. Now we can resume the video. Enjoy. The only reason I ask this is because it'll make, it'll, it'll make it easier for me to ask the next question that I was going to ask. Mm. So, if which I was expecting you would be like a community facilitator or a counsellor yeah. or so on and so forth. The one thing that I was going to ask you next was, because you've seen a lot in your job as a counsellor, you've dealt with the you know, the, the various dark pockets of, of society. You know? you, you're dealing with people who have addictions in pornography, drugs, alcohol, 
you know, and so on and so forth. You've kind of seen, how do I say it? Humans at their most vulnerable, raw state. Mm. You know, I was going to ask, what is like some of the most like, you know, raw moments you've mm. ever had in that industry and so yep. on and so forth. See, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go back a touch. I'm going to answer your question in a different way and then I'm going to answer your second question, inshallah. If I forget yeah. the second question, remind me. I like, I like how we all interpret the question differently. That's I thought right. he was asking mm. your pronouns or something like that. <laughs> 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 These days you don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of... <clears throat> the different things I engage in in the community. So I wear a few different hats. Um, the Probably the most two that people know me by is uh, at Brothers in Need, so humanitarian work, and then as a counsellor mm-hmm. uh, and workshop facilitator. They're the main two that people know me by, although I am involved in a few other things in the community, right? So for me, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> and I was having a conversation with a brother about this yesterday, kind of going on a bit of a tangent, we'll come back, no, no, right? No, no, do yeah. you think, bro? Um, People value different things in life. A lot of people might value flexibility and some people value stability. Mm. So generally speaking, I'm just making a very loose generalization here. People that work a standard nine to five job, right, 40 hours a week, they might prefer stability. It's a stable income that comes. It helps them, you know, set their day in a particular way. And then, you know, they can do whatever they like afterwards. afterwards. There's pros and cons to that. Pro is you get a regular income, you might be able to, you know, set your day in a particular way, you know, so in the morning you might go to the gym and have breakfast and go to work and then mm. after that at the end of the day finish up with your mates or what have you. Creatures of habit, yeah. Yeah, that's right. While flexibility, which is more what I'm inclined to now over the, probably the last, you know, seven, eight years, <coughs> is you don't make as regular of an income, right, although I've got the flexibility to do what I want when I want. Mm. So for me, I can block out my calendar. If I feel like I haven't spent enough time with my daughter, I'm going to spend more time with my daughter on a particular day or week. If I haven't given my wife enough time, I'll give her that, mm-hmm. right? If I need to pick up a lot more work in a particular week, I'll smash out work that week, but then I can cruise it the week after yeah. and so on and so forth. So flexibility for me, <clears throat> when I, and it kind of goes back to my why and the how then, right? So my why and then how do I get to that why, right? So for me... After understanding my why, I broke it down. How can I achieve that? Yep. For me, flexibility was the way for me to achieve that. Yep. So stability is not going to achieve it if I'm giving someone or an organization 40, 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It'd be harder to achieve my why. May not with your why or your why or your why, but with my why, it will be. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's why I engage in the different um, da'wa activities or services in the community. Um so that answers the different things I'm involved in. Then the second question was the things that I deal with. Is that right? So the dark. Yeah. So like the things that you see. Yeah. Exactly. On your day, day yeah. best as a counsellor. So mm. that. Ha- we'll do, yeah. We'll, we'll put we'll, it in we'll that. Fo- we'll there, focus yeah. on that. So with a counsellor, I see different people from all different walks of life. So not every day is different. Yeah. So today I might have clients that are all suffering from, you know, anxiety or depression. Some people might, you know, the day after, you know, be battling with pornography addiction, drug and alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, right? Um, <clears throat> some people might have suicidal thoughts and ideation, right? So, for example, yesterday 
when um, we were doing the workshops, we were getting the kids involved, writing on the whiteboard, A4 paper, butcher's paper and what have you, a lot of the things that were coming out from them were in regards to mental health illnesses and issues and suicide, mm. right? Which takes me to a little shameless plug, right? Uh, so tonight at PGCC, mm. so tonight is the 15th of yeah. um, October, from Maghrib to Asha, we're holding a documentary about suicide. Yeah. So between Maghrib to Asha. What we'll do is instead, because this might be recorded, um, we're not going to really post this in yeah. the next coming hours or so. Yeah. So what we'll do is instead... We'll probably share on our socials, inshallah. We'll find the link and whatever, yep. and we'll put it up on our social media. That's fine. And then we'll go from there. But yeah, like, we're going to talk about the documentary. I think Asha found, was it a trailer for it, or was it the actual no, full that thing? that was the one-part video they made on yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. There. A couple years ago. Is Mate. it a full doco? Like a full, like a 40, like an no, hour? No, no, that one, that, that was probably one of our first. No, this one, tonight's one I'm referring to. Oh, tonight's, yeah. tonight's one is a 90-minute doco. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's an actual yeah, doco. Yeah, yeah, it's a full documentary yeah. about an individual who actually jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge back in 2000 and survived. Oh, I think I've heard of this bloke. Yeah. So he goes all around the world and he um, showcases his story yeah. and tries to give people hope, right, to live, yeah. right? Um, and so this documentary is about him and his journey and then the people that plucked him out of the water, the Coast Guard, yeah. the, you know, the hospital, the ambulance, his mum, his dad that speak to him, yeah. other survivors' families, people that didn't survive, you know, mm. how their families feel. Um, and something interesting about this is he said at that point when he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, he said the instant feeling that he had was regret. Mm. The second he jumped off. The second he jumped off, the right. instant feeling he had was regret. And he said every single person that he's spoken to that has attempted and survived, that was the same feeling that they had all gone through. Oosh. The exact same feeling. Now, we know that from survivors. What about everybody else that hadn't survived? Yep. It might be safe to say that they all felt the same. Yep. They just weren't given that opportunity to live. You can draw that uh, conclusion based off of what you're Yeah. I, I want to ask for the people that are going to watch this in a couple of weeks and be like, hey, I, I wish I went. I, can I, is there a place they can maybe watch it elsewhere? Or uh, No, unfortunately. So we, I had to purchase the rights to air this video. Oh. Um, so <coughs> it, it cost me an arm and a leg, right? Yeah. Um, although... Uh, different organisations can reach out to me and book it in through myself. So PGCC tonight, for example, is doing that. I know uh, another organisation in Melbourne, Melbourne Muslimers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They want to do this and it might be in the December, January holidays for the Melbourne audience. If they're able to get you there. Oh, they've already got you. Uh, Yeah, so more or less they've locked it in. Yeah. Um, It's just locking in a particular Mm. date now. Yep. Um, inshallah, Islamic school probably next year is going to bring me in to do the same thing for the yeah. students. So different organizations or individuals Beautiful. that want to lock this in, they can just reach back out to me. Back to the doco. So is it produced by Brothers in Needs? Or? No. So this is produced by that gentleman that jumped off. Uh, you guys, And yeah. then we purchased the ride. So I purchased it through my company, Invictus Solutions, yep. where I'm a counselor there. Um, so yeah, separate yeah. initiative altogether. So can we can we relate this back to like everything that you do and everything? So what's the reasoning behind, I guess, showcasing this doco? Well, look, statistically speaking, uh, nine Australians commit suicide, right? Or, you know, engage in that act every single day. Nine Australians every single day, right? Take their own lives. Seven out of the nine every day are males. 
we're males. So we're 75% more at risk, yeah. right, than females, right? We might know this coming from culturally diverse background, right, talking about one's mentals, mental state, one's feelings, right, and the problems that they go through in life. How dare you talk about it? You don't talk about it, you're a man. You can't go through problems, mm-hmm. which is contradictory to the Prophet Sallallahu and how he mm-hmm. told us to deal with this, right? Um, there's estimates of up to 65,000 people every year that attempt suicide in Australia. 65,000 that attempt. Yeah. And then globally, there's statistics that show that about 800,000 people commit suicide every single year. Yeah. So they actually go through uh, ending their life yeah. every year, 800,000. So that's the reason why I thought, you know what, well, okay, um, it's a problem. I never really thought about it deeper. Mm. What are we going to do about it? So that's, for me, like being intentional. You come across knowledge, okay, and then what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's sad. It is sad. Okay, but what are you going to do about it? Mm. So that's, that's the reason why. Yeah. I decided to and showcase this. And from what you know, would you say, I guess, suicide, um, and like I guess the stigmas around social media and whatnot, has it become more prevalent as time goes on? Would you say so? Yeah, man. Mm. So for us, it's becoming it's becoming normalized in the sense where this is what you can do. Go ahead and do it, right? Songs talk about suicide. Movie clips showcase suicide, right? Before you wouldn't see this, and it wouldn't be normalized. Right, so now it's something that's become normalized. Do it, no problem. It's fine. Another statistic is that they say for every individual that acts on it, it's felt, um, it's felt by 135 people in their circle. So the ripple effect that it has on that one individual engaging in that, family, friends, colleagues, mm. social media, now they can impact another or up to 135 people so imagine how your mother your daughter your you know your husband you know your colleagues would feel Mm. after something like that would happen yeah facts yeah yeah Yeah. i I know that personally as well yeah something's like i don't want to get too into it but there was an incident back when i was in school um just out of respect and whatnot yeah yeah um and you don't actually you might not personally know the person and you might not have a relationship you (coughs) might not consider them a friend yep but it's like everyone still feels it regardless of it, just for the fact that they're a human being and then you possibly could have done something to help or there was someone they couldn't they could have spoken to, you know? So yeah. 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 I think um I think Rama Hanifa said it once in the podcast <coughs> when we had him. He goes, Your presence is in the room it's felt when your absence also is felt. Mm. You know? <coughs> so it's because like it's whether whether or not you recognise it or people can kinda like consciously or subconsciously see it. Like, whether or not, for example, Ashraf, like, leaves now, we're still going to feel his presence, mm. like, like, missed, you know? And mm. um, I think that's, like, a minimal part of it, I guess. But, like, you know, when we, we look at the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah. for example, you're leaving a <coughs> distressed mother and father. You're, you're kind of, like, you're looking at the people that actually were around you, that cared for you and whatever. But it's just, like, everybody else had their problems at the time. So a lot of the times people are kind of like, oh, nobody cares about me or whatever it is. And if I was to go... If I was to kind of, or whatever it is, or should I say, am I allowed to say that on podcast? If I'm, if I'm you make a little disclaimer if you like in it, the it, yeah. <laughs> in the podcast, right? Yeah. So oh, definitely. If I was, yeah, if yeah. I was, to, if I was to kind of like end it now, no one would care. Everything would move on, and and then the world will keep 
kind of spinning. Mm. Yeah, but like for others, like you get to understand that you were a part of their life, and the same way if Ashraf was to leave, the void of your existence that can't be filled with something else. So it's kind of like, yeah, when, you know, like when, for example, a loved one passes away, you notice that nobody else can come in and kind of plug that hole. Yep. Because it's like putting a square peg into a circle hole. Mm. There's nobody like you. Yeah. That can yeah. kind of, you know, what yeah, I mean, yeah, fill yeah. that void. And that individual, something to note, the individual that actually goes ahead um, and does that act, they can't see that. They can't see that they'll be missed. They can't see that, you know what, no one's going to care anyway, mm. right? They are just so immersed in what they're going through that they don't have that lens, mm. right? And so we just finished a suicide intervention training two weeks ago. Um, it's a two-day intense course, right? Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that we're told to do is if you see someone talking about, you know, you know, or saying things like making, uh, they will call them signs, right? Or red flags, right? If someone's saying, ah, uh, you know, nobody, nobody cares about me. Um, it's not going to matter anyway, you know, it's all going to end soon. Start saying things like this. Yeah. It's important for us as a first responder to ask a very direct question. So, hey, for example, uh, are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking of acting on thoughts of suicide? Are you thinking of taking your life, right? For us, we think that, you know what, if I put this thought in their mind, mm. it might plant a seed and they might do it. Although, no, that's not the case. Mm. They, because they're in the position that they're in, they've thought about it, but they just haven't been able to express themselves. So when you ask them that question directly, point blank, most of the time they have a sigh of relief that someone understands them. Then they might say, yeah, you know what, I have been thinking of ending my life. And you, you follow through with some questions, right? So <clears throat> it might be, um, you know, do you have a plan? Right? They don't have a plan. Right? That's good. They do have a plan. You ask more questions. Mm. Right? What, like as direct as possible, <coughs> almost, yeah? Yeah, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right? Because they need to be supported. They need to be understood. They need to know that someone understands them. Yeah, facts. Right? And so <coughs> we're not. Uh, and I'll go back to the example of the school that I was at yesterday. You know, for the most part, these kids were in year seven and year eight. Yeah. And a common theme that was coming about was suicide. So they're not sheltered. Because they've got access to technology, they're seeing. Mm. When they've got access to, the, to TV, they're seeing, they're hearing, they're reading. So I'm not putting anything in their mind. It's already in their mind. They've glamorized it too, bro. I'm yeah. honest with you. Pop culture glamorized it. Like, you know, the... the um, there was a wave of like sad boy tunes. It was in like 2018, 2019, where you had guys like XXX and Tassian, who's dead now, but he was in it. And then you had also Juice World, and you had all these guys who were kind of like pushing out these emo tunes, yeah? Mm. Basically, yeah, you saw a wave of like people being very like, you know, like you were saying, very reckless with their like the suicide yeah. and, mm. and, and all that kind of thing. And you, you wonder like, People are just like, oh, it's just music. But you have to understand, like, it conditions people too, yeah? Of course yeah? it does. It desensitizes yeah. the situation to a person. Like, oh, it's nothing. It's just, it's just yeah, I'll listen to that, bro. It yeah. seems cool, you know? And a lot of people kind of, like, they romanticize suicide as well. Like, you see people talking about, like, oh, people don't love me. And if I was to go, you know, like, nobody would remember me. And they kind of feel like it's something, like, 
honorable like you die on your sword basically yeah and and then you kind of like you think about it and you kind of you, if you bring them out of the situation like you said asking very direct questions maybe that kind of unpacks the precise situation to them and they go oh he's a bit mm. you know because i remember Muhammad Ijab was talking to somebody about the act of pedophilia mm. and he goes okay so there's this process that process everyone's like no no stop stop don't talk about it don't talk about it. He's like, you guys are saying this is okay. So let's go through exactly what you're doing and let's not glamorize it with like a little, oh, but he feels this way. and This is how it is. Like, we're going to be as upfront as possible in the processes of what it is and the exact action of what you're talking about. And then you understand, well, okay, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a bit too sketchy here. Yeah, maybe we're, we're going into uncharted waters. So like when you think about, like for example, making it very clear and asking those direct questions, is it kind of like in line with that? Like, so obviously you, not pedophilia. Yeah, yeah, so you're asking those direct questions because <clears throat> they may not have the words for what they're feeling. Mm. Right, so they just feel overwhelmed, they feel anxious, or, you know, they feel like life's needing to end because what I'm going through, nothing's working, nothing's changing, so, okay, what am I feeling? I don't know what I'm feeling, right? So they're just constant emotions that are flowing through them and they don't know how to put a word to it because we're not that emotionally literate yeah right and so when you put it out then you ask them hey are you feeling thoughts of suicide are you act, are you going to act on a particular thought are you looking at committing or acting on it right mm. like mm, i think i am or no i'm not and then once again, depending on the answers, depending on how you go down that route. So it's just important that we put a, a term to it so okay. they know, okay, yes, that's what it is. Ah, okay. And then once again, they feel a sense of relief because someone's asked them because no one's asked them. Everyone's been kind of, you know, just dancing around the topic. Oh, it's all right. You'll be all right. You know, don't worry. You know, God gives, you know, his biggest test to his biggest soldiers, chucking little, you know, statements yeah. like this. Even Islamically, right? You might say, oh, don't worry, brother. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, purifying your sins. Yeah. Somebody's gone through worse. On the don't other negate side. what they're feeling. That's yeah. right. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, other people, you know, have it worse on the other side of the world. Uh. Right? That's not the time to drop that line. Yeah. You're negating what they're feeling. You're dismissing it. Prophet ﷺ was the master of emotional intelligence. Facts. Right? Yeah, facts. So you need to know, and it, it takes me to a hadith about, about grief. So the Prophet's son, Ibrahim, was passing away, mm -hmm. right? And so he started to cry. And I believe it was Abdurrahman ibn Auf that asked him, Oh, Rasulullah, even you're crying? So imagine like the culture back then, Arabs, desert, harsh individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Psh, you're crying too, bro, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, uh, this is a rahmah. This is a mercy. He didn't just stop there. He continued to cry. He continued to process what he was going through. Some of us, like, you know, someone talks to you, you know, stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, try and control it, right? Try and stop it. No, let it all out. It's a rahmah. Yeah. And then he continued and he said, he gave us the equation, right? He gave us the process. He told us, the eyes tear up and the hearts grieve and we only say what's pleasing to Allah. So let the eyes do their job. Let them tear up. Let the heart do its job. Let it grieve. And there's a process for that. And then in terms of what is said, the action, we only say what is pleasing to Allah. Mm. So Islam's given us a solution for
for everything, how to process and regulate everything. We just try and pick this hadith or this verse and put it in the wrong place, thinking that it's the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who told you that's the right place? Yeah. All right. Time and place. It's important. Yeah. Random, random question. Are you a crier? No, I'm not. You're not a crier? I'm trying to cry. Yeah. Uh, good Is question, man. Do you know what helps? Watching movies. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they're hard on the heart. <laughs> I actually, I'll tell you what. I, I went to... Movies, uh, do you? Yeah, he does. Nah. Time. Well, look, I used to watch movies, man, and they never made me cry, man. <laughs> You're I watching the wrong movies. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to Umrah back in, and just to show you, like, maybe how hard the heart is, right? Um... I went to Umrah back in 2014 mm-hmm. and I was hoping that I could shed a tear in Umrah yeah. and I couldn't, yeah. right? And I asked Allah, please, like, you know, allow me to shed a tear. Yeah. And I still couldn't, right? I think the only time I, I shed, you know, a tear was probably when my grandma passed away um, in 2015, mm-hmm. right? And that was just like a, a temporary, very short-lived one-off cry. Yeah. Um, Wait, what type of cry are we talking? Are we talking like... This is a question. This is yeah. an honest question because yeah. I've been dabbling around this topic yeah. a little bit, you know? Yeah. Is that like one of those ones? Lately, eh? Huh? Crying a lot lately. No, no, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't cried in a minute because yeah. I, I, I think, who was it? I think I might have seen a TikTok where some guy goes around to college students and he'll go ask him, oh, when's the last time you cried? Mm. You know? And then, I don't know, I'm subconsciously scrolling my screen yeah. time's up and whatnot. And I go... Damn, when's the last time I cried? And I was like trying to like Jerry when's the yeah, last time yeah. I cried, you know? Hence why my fascination. Yeah. But don't worry about me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know about you. When would you say No, no. So my other question was, what type of cry was it? Was it one of those ones where it's like you feel it in your heart, your snot's coming out of your nose? Or is it like just a tear and you just feel it in the heart? It wasn't a snotty cry. Yeah. <laughs> um and I don't think it was a I don't know, man. It's maybe I'm not that um, literate with my feelings. It was just a, maybe a partial cry from the heart. Mm. Um, and that was it. Like it was maybe a minute or two, if that, if that on the balcony. Mm. Um, but going on to your statement, right? <laughs> something that we keep in mind and we, we sometimes we don't think too much of what is said just because we have all of these conversations day in and day out. It's autopilot. Mm. If we go back to the Prophet of Allah and the companions, how many hadith do we hear about that they were crying? Heaps. Heaps. Yeah. Their tears would flow through their beards. Yeah. You know, their faces sometimes, you know, marks. would have marks, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, the Prophet cries, Abu Bakr, why are you crying? He starts crying. Yeah. Amr al Khattab, why are you crying? He just starts <laughs> crying. So sometimes we just, once again, without even knowing, the terminology, mm-hmm. right, is just different and contradictory to what the companions and the Prophet وسلم, went through. Mm-hmm. So just, once again, it goes back to the knowledge that we receive. What are we going to do with that knowledge? Mm. Yeah. Right? Do you feel like it's performance anxiety as well? Like you go on a hajj and you're like, yes, please, please do it, please do it, please. Do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have performance anxiety when you're crying? <laughs> like, yes, I come think on, it's something else like comes to that. I don't think of hajj. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Uh, see, this this is the thing. Yeah, I'll let you're right. It could be. It could be a surefire sign of like a hard heart or whatever it is. But there's also like, 
I don't, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, I guess, how you feel and, and all that kind of stuff, does it always have to be derivative of your current state? Like, of your your emotional state or your spiritual state? Like, uh, this this is probably a question I should ask a, like yeah. a, a psychiatrist or something or maybe a sheikh. But I know I'm putting you on the spot of this mm. one, bro. But you are a counsellor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I think I'll answer it in a different way, right? Uh, there's a book that I'm reading at the moment. It's called With the Heart and Mind. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a revert brother, uh, Michael Smith. Yeah. Right? Um, in America, right? That's a sick Yeah, name. yeah. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Got the Great. thumbs up. Awesome. Amazing book. Yeah. Okay. So I've listened to uh, a video that he's got online, right? About 50, 60 minute video about emotional intelligence, yeah. right? And then in there he had a framework called the ruler framework, right? Now, the one of the things I want to pick up on is uh, he said, if you can't name it, you can't tame it. So if you can't name the emotion you're going through, mm. you can't tame it. You can't regulate it. Yep. And so for us, once again, we might only know a couple of different emotions that we go through. We might know happy, sad, and maybe that's about it. <laughs> but there's a whole lot many more emotions, right? Even anger, we might think, yeah, yeah, we know anger as an emotion, but when I act in a particular way, is it me being angry? So sometimes we're not even associating the right term with the right feeling at the right time. Mm-hmm. You're anxious. If you're feeling something else at the core. That's right. But your, your, your mechanism of dealing with it is anger. That's right. right. So for us, it's important that we understand the different emotions that there are, understand how to regulate them to help us process them, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong يعني, with that process, right? Now, once again, as males and... I got sent uh, like a little meme or slash image. Right? It wouldn't probably, it wouldn't be a meme. Probably be an image uh, on WhatsApp. Were you on your laptop? No. So I have WhatsApp <laughs> on my phone. That's okay. the only one that I have on my you phone. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So uh, um, the meme showed. It showed a mum, uh, a, a, a mum and a kid. And the mum, the kid's crying. So the mum's telling the kid, shut up, I'm going to give you something to cry about. <laughs> then it says 15 years later, you got the kid being a man, married, and the wife is like, how come you're not crying? Or how come you're not emotional? Or how come you don't show any emotions? Mm. Right? So he's obviously thinking, well, because as a kid growing up, I was taught never to cry. I was taught to never be emotional. Yep. Mm. So that's, that's been shut off, blocked out. So then now, when we're not emotionally involved, right, with our wives, how come you're so heartless? How come you're so, right, you, you don't show your emotions? Aha, you've got to dig deep now. Let's go into the childhood, let's go into our experiences, yep. and let's really unpack that. Yep. And it goes back to your thing, like sometimes we're, we're scared of going through that process when I've got three hours now to myself, right, what am I going to do with myself? I have to sit down with myself. Yep. It can be scary having that initial thought, but all right. Let's go through that process. Let's unpack. Let's unhash. Yep. And slowly, when you start becoming more comfortable with the idea, mm-hmm. you actually start doing something about it. You know what? Yeah, I've got this childhood trauma. I need to do something about. I've gone through these experiences that have has brought about a particular lens or train of thought. It's not that productive. It hasn't done me well. Yeah. Let's now rewire. The brain's very powerful. It can rewire, right? Like neuroplasticity. It changes, right? It has the ability to 
to take now different roads. Yeah. Yeah. It just needs you to go down that path a few times. Yeah. And then boom, you before you know it, you'll forget that old path because you're no longer engaging in that. Yep. And now there's a new path. Yep. Mm-hmm. It takes that time. You've got to go through some trials in yeah, order to yeah, like yeah. get there as well. Yeah. I, I love what you touched on there because one of my favorite quotes by um this guy who like I love what he speaks about. Yeah. But his name's Naval, is all a man's problems lies within his inability to sit with himself alone. Mm. You know, so it goes back to basically yeah. what you were saying there, you know, yeah. to in order to unpack things and all that kind of stuff. It all goes back to that alone time you have yeah. with yourself, essentially. Yeah. No, I feel like we're conditioned, like within society, to kind of see everybody as not having problems as much as ourselves. And beyond that as well, like nobody is kindly, you know, no, like, you know, David Goggins says, like, everybody's going through, but Crap, some yeah. people are just better at hiding it than yourself, mm. you know? And the one thing is when you're in and amongst the boys, obviously the, the, the environment's not going to make you go, oh, you know what, I can see that this guy's going through something and that guy's going through something because everyone's having a laugh, everyone's mm. having a chat. And then you leave the place, you're like, how, how come I've still got that that problem that I had on my mind? Everyone else seemed like they, no issues, no problems, no nothing, and they've all left. Look like they're going back to a perfect life and there's nothing wrong with them. And then you kind of get put on the spot when you're at home because you're dealing with yourself, but you don't know that that person as well has gone home, g- gone home, gone home to a problem just as bad as yours, if not worse, yeah. in, their, in their current circumstance. But people are good at masking it, mm-hmm. uh, or they, they feel like, because y- you can't really go into mm. their brain and kind of like see what they're going through, what they're yeah. thinking about, or so on and so forth. So yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of like the, the mentality where we go around the boys, and, and, and everybody's like having a laugh, this guy's taking the piss out of that mm-hmm. guy, that guy's having a laugh, he's smacking him, he's at it, and we're acting like a bunch of fools. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, th- this means that, I mean, I'm in my own head and I'm thinking far out. I'm thinking about that and this problem or whatever. I'm still laughing on the outside. But nobody's kind of going, hey. What's up? I'm, mm. I'm cooked. I'm like, so, something's not there. I'm not yeah. here today. Anyone going to help? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it all goes back to that balance, <coughs> that balance as well. Because you also, you don't want to be in a world where, I guess, like, everyone is oversharing about mm-hmm. their problems. But then after you want the healthy space where it's like, when it's that right time, hey, there's something wrong. You want to have a chat about it, mm. break it down. If that person's the right person, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, but I guess like knowing you're not alone. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. In mm. the situation, like currently, like yeah. we're all sitting here having a chat. You have problems. Mm. I have problems. He has problems. He has problems. He has problems. I can't cry. You know? And I come here, and everyone's probably looking at each other different. But the back of our minds, we're all thinking about that that issue that we currently have that mm-hmm. we have to deal with when we go home, or whenever we're by ourselves with, like like. Like uh, Abdiwali was saying, when we have to sit by ourselves and then that problem comes to us, like full throttle. Yeah. You know, we're not in the environment to kind of like distract ourselves. Like, yeah, it's just, it, it, it kind of like, it, you kind of look at things from only one lens. It's like from only my perspective, I'm probably the only one that's currently going through this or whatever it is. Because right now, Ashraf could be having a million things in his head and then he's looking at me like, oh, He's kind of talking, he's doing his thing and whatever. Yep. Seems like when he goes home, he's going home to a you know, perfect life. Everything's yeah. good. He doesn't seem to have problems today. Yeah. But I'm not actually saying anything. I'm not actually going out there mm. acting in a way where I'm like, hi, oh, I'm my yeah. sleeve and I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm going through and I'm moping and so on and so forth. Yeah, for sure. So that, that's like, that's something that I learned yep. as I was going through life because a lot of times is when you feel alone in a situation that you're probably the only one going through problems or you're the only one that's current, 
currently got something to deal with, you kind of feel isolated. Yeah. When you feel isolated, you tend to isolate yourself as well. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to put you on the, on the spot here, right? Um, <laughs> what am I going through? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I won't throw you under the bus like that. So let's say we were talking about before knowledge. Knowledge comes to us. We need to do something about it. Yeah. Say, for example, Brothers in Need, you asked us before, you know, how did it start? Went through the process and boom, we did something straight away, right? Mm. So now that you boys catch up regularly with one another, you've got a nice little hub here, right? What can you do? It doesn't need to be anything super formal, by the way. Mm. But what can you do at the very least as brothers for yourselves in an awesome place like this that you have to kind of, you know, bounce off some of your thoughts, you know, do shura, what can that look like to help, you know what? Um, yep, this problem's come up, this problem's come up, this problem's come up. Hey, boys, you know, two, three, four heads are better than one. What can we do? Mm-hmm. How, how can we kind of turn that into reality, turn that into action? I guess we've got a safe space here. Yeah. If, if anything, like mm-hmm. whenever somebody's going through something, we never go, oh, bro, suck it up, you know. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, oh, what are you going through, bro? How can we help, you know? And, and if you create that environment, I'm guessing that whenever you're going through troubles, you're going through problems, you're comfortable enough to go, hey, boys, this is the thing. And when somebody else... When somebody else sees you within the group doing that, they go, okay, I'm safe to talk about it here too. Yep. You know, so it's kind of like leading the way and acting in a way you want others to act around yeah. you. And then you create or you harness that environment. But yeah. I feel like that's, alhamdulillah, something that we currently yeah. have going on. Like I guess it's more so like normalizing the, mm-hmm. like this very cliche, but it's like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Type of thing, yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to have a laugh sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 that came to my head was bad. Can we take can we take a massive one eighty or we you wanna no 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Um, you've mentioned books here or there you read and all that kind of stuff. Could you tell us about some of the books or like what are you reading at the moment? Yep. So we talked about crying for like twenty minutes. Yeah <laughs> yeah. Let me bring out my phone because I've written down all the books that I've read on there. Right. Yeah. Um, not that many, but Where did you hide it? Bro? Yeah, underneath the. Uh, <laughs> Watched a movie called Last Christmas. <laughs> there was a guy who used to put it in his cupboard, or whatever it was from that movie. But yeah. So. Are you gonna read every book? Or are you gonna say what? The last book. So the book that I'm reading at the moment is called With the Heart in Mind. Right. The last. Um, I recommend people should actually read that. Yeah, hundred percent. By um, by Mikael Smith. Yeah. And mind you, I just want to say one thing. If like anyone does want to buy the book, don't buy it on Amazon. Go to Qalam Institute's website okay. or whatever. Because like he I think someone's like reselling it or something along uh-huh. those lines and the profit actually doesn't go back to him. Alright. So I thought because I saw it in his Instagram the other day. Alright. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if and on that you can listen to like he was on One Path podcast. So if people want to get a touch of like yep. what the book's about, it's like a nice podcast they did with him. That's right. Yeah, man. Emotional intelligence. One path did it, I think it's a 50, 60 minute one that one we one path get him on. Yeah, Kamal, I think it was, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Is he from here or is he from America? America. He's from Brooklyn. African-American. I'm from Brooklyn too. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> the, the wrong Brooklyn. <laughs> so here, what do we got? Um, so let's say since 2020. And by the way, I was never... <clears throat> I, was, I was into reading books when I was a kid. Okay. Probably stopped reading books from about... 16 years old, 18 years old, right? When you got the phone. That's right, yeah, yeah. Till... Um, till 2020, right? COVID, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 books. Not because I love reading and I wanted to read, but just because the time was there. Yeah. Okay, now I'm on a little journey, knowledge. Let's get some good knowledge in. Well, yeah. Let's try and implement. So I've picked certain books that I felt like could help me, not just in a religious space, but also in the personal development space. Mm. Allah, mashallah, man. Allah, make it easy for you. What's the top Amen. three? The Bang top Bang. three. Yeah, because 17 is a lot too, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, Productive Muslim. Okay. By Muhammad Faris. Right. Um, um, the Prophet's Methodology in Correcting People's Mistakes. Okay. Nice book, short book, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then now probably with the heart in mind. Yeah. If I was to say top four, right? The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Okay, nice. Yeah. That's a good list right there. That one just really helps you understand the long game. Now, Islam teaches us a long game, but unfortunately, once again, some of us for, you know, different reasons, might yeah, be like, oh, yeah, sure. we're here, we'll block it out, purpose, you know, end game, Allah and his messenger, same mm. for Jannah. Mm. But Simon brings it about in our language, if you'd like to... Yeah, you know, if you'd like to say, yeah, unfortunately, no, no, no. right? But then, while you're reading the book or these books, and you read about these concepts, yeah. you realize, oh, hold up, this is what Islam's told me anyway. A lot of it, yeah, exactly. Mm. So it helps, like, it helps us reinforce some for for some of us the faith. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like Ibrahim salam when he asked Allah subhanahu wa taala, "Show me how you bring back the dead." Yeah. What? Well, sure, you don't believe? Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him No, no, no Just so my heart can be firm Aha mm-hmm. uh-huh. True Nothing wrong Some of our hearts, right? For different reasons, right? Different life experiences Different things that we're going through The heart is, isn't firm yeah. No problem So then let's try and make it firm Let's ask those right questions Like Ibrahim asked Allah, mm-hmm. right? Between us and Allah so we can try and boom meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a heart full of conviction. Definitely, bro. Yeah. So the introspection helps you find those issues. And then when you find those issues, go searching for the, the, the solutions because those solutions are out there. Mm. Somebody's uh, more often times than not, somebody's experienced what you've experienced and somebody has an answer to what you're going through. Mm. You just have to be able to like quantify it and put words to it like you were saying earlier yeah. and then go, okay, this is exactly what I need help with. What's the knowledge behind it? And what kind of uh, problem? Sorry, what kind of resolutions do we have to kind of like address this issue? But I'm conscious of your time, and I want to make sure, inshallah, that we we end on a great note. Something that people can take away from it. You want to ask another question? One last question. Go yeah. Ahead. Um, this relates to sort of like the pigeonhole question or whatever. Mm. But what would you want to be remembered as? That's some deep questions that's, today, that's man. That's a heavy question. I just want to end <laughs> it on like that sort of um, note. This is going to go on the Patreon, so if you want to find out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I like to be remembered as? Not having an I answer is okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I went to a fundraiser back in 2015, and it was for Ali Banat, Allah Yerhamu. And the Sheikh was saying, more or less, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah. Right? 
So Ali Banner left a legacy, Allah Mubarak. He worked hard. He knew he had cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer. He didn't just sit at home and do nothing about it. He went out, tried to change the world with the little time that he had left. And alhamdulillah, after his passing, mm-hmm. he left a legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we go back to the Prophet Sallallahu and we go back to Khutbatul Wada'a, the Prophet's final sermon, there's different narrations to show us that there were around 100, 120,000 people anywhere in between that attended the Prophet's final sermon. Now, out of that 100, 120,000, how many are known by name today? Folks. Different um, numbers, but there's about 1,000 to 2,000 that are known by name today. Uh, Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, Aisha, radiallahu anha, da 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 da. But there was 120,000 people there. Mm. So that 1%, what did they do different to be remembered throughout the books, throughout you know the pages of time? So for me, I don't want to be remembered because of something that I achieved for myself personally, but I want to be remembered maybe as someone that tried to establish the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth. So that way then on the Day of Judgment, once again, you know, Standing, you know, Allah is going to say, what did you do? I was like, listen, I was on this continent called Australia, right? And there's only like, you know, a couple of percent of Muslims there and we tried as best as we can to do our part mm. to, you know, get people to accept the message. Because we know that, you know, some prophets are going to have an ummah behind them. Some prophets are going to have no one behind them. Mm. Yeah. So that's, 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 if that answers your question... Doesn't want to be. I don't want any personal. I want them to say that Dean was a good businessman, or Dean was, the, you know, what Dean tried to establish the Dean of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Um, yeah. Oops. That's a good question. That, that was a deep question, bro. I was gonna ask another deep question, but uh, I think it's too many deep questions for today, man. You tapped out. I was gonna say the fossil dean now. When he looks back at the eighteen, yeah. When he looks when he looks back at the eighteen-year-old dean. What's the one thing that you would advise young Dean to do? You got time to think because we can edit mm. the, the space. I'm trying to give him time. He's talking. R- tough questions, man. Um, what would I go back to the old Dean and tell him? Move to Melbourne. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tasmania. <laughs> I like Tasmania, man. Yeah, um, but that's what I wouldn't tell myself that. Um, lower your gaze. Lower your gaze. Oh, that's what I would tell the young Dean. Uh, we don't understand the effects that this has on our minds. We actually don't understand the effects that this has on our minds, especially as men. And it's the same for women and males, right? We get told both of us to lower our gaze, right? Although, if you want to destroy a nation, right? You want to destroy the youth. You want to destroy your ambitions. Just make Zina prevalent. Make all of this stuff prevalent. Make all of these, you know, TikToks, you know, make these explore feeds, make sure all of these news feeds, right? And everything else just has, you know, soft porn and Zina on there. So that's what I would tell myself because when you've got that on your mind, it's very hard to focus on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
Jazakallah oh, khairan for coming on, bro. Honestly, oh, yeah. whenever you come back, doors always open even when I start my house, bro. Allah berik fiq. Doors always open. But we're definitely going to do another one, inshallah. inshallah. And either we come to Sydney, we'll come link up, inshallah. We'll do one at the Brothers and Needs Centre. Yeah, oh, inshallah, we inshallah. can do something else, bro. We'll, yeah, we'll oh. kick it with you, maybe go on a couple runs. Yeah, 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 on a camel burger. Oh, mate, we'll look after you. Don't we you had, worry. We had one of the best camel burgers from Sydney. I think I had it too many times in like yeah. two days. Oh, we were at Hood, bro. Oh. <laughs> on the Kemba Night Market. Oh, yeah. Yeah. one in front of uh, Brostar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the one, bro. I don't remember nothing except <laughs> the camel burger. Bro. The camel burger. Yeah, the camel <laughs> burger. <laughs> I love that. But That's yeah. the only thing we'll give to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have. We're definitely gonna have another Fedekup trip to Sydney, inshallah. We'll, inshallah. we'll definitely link up, and then we'll. Probably do another one or run this back, inshallah, with maybe a little bit more structured questions yeah. and stuff that's not as deep diving as. <laughs> deep, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to ask one of the other boys to get on the next time. <laughs> <laughs> someone else in the deep, mate. Don't yeah. ask me about crying. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, they good questions, boys? Wallah. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Jazakallah khairan for coming. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Go and check out all of Brothers in Need's work. Make sure you can support them in any way possible. Don't forget, if you're in Sydney or you're in Brisbane, when in the future in Melbourne, give you a time, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will recompense you that in the year after. Amen. Yalla, salam alaikum.